Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome to week 10 of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And it's just been a whirlwind over the last few weeks. And um, we've just been doing not much else other than the podcast because we recorded so many in a short space of time. What else have you been up to, Joe? Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been pulling together my evidence to get um, certification as a registered Mailerlite expert. Ooh. So um, I've been working with a number of different people on Mailerlite for a long time. Um, so yeah, I'm just pulling all that evidence together so that I can fill in the registration form and see if touch wood I can uh, get approval as a Mailerlite expert. What sort of evidence do you need for that? Um, the different lists of the different clients that I've worked with and the type of work that I've done for them, um, ranging from setup, automation, segmentation, um, management of their account. Excellent. Well, I've not been so busy the last few days since we last recorded a podcast episode, which is not 10 weeks down the line, by the way, listeners. It's only within the last two weeks that we've put all of this together. Um, but I actually burnt out from all of that excellent work um, because not only the recording which is great fun but I was doing all the back-end editing and um, Joe's been doing the web pages I've been editing the videos and the audios and uploading all of that to wherever it needs to go so that you can listen to it and uh, although it's been great fun and I've thoroughly enjoyed it I found by the end of last week which by about Thursday Wednesday of last week I was actually feeling really tired. So I took a couple of days out. Uh, also here in Israel, our restrictions are almost fully lifted. Um, shops are all open now, including shopping malls. Um, the beaches are set to open as of Wednesday, the tomorrow, which would be May the 19th, 20th, tomorrow. Today's the 19th, May the 20th. So when, we when you listen to this, it will be in the past. Um, but May the 20th, the beaches are opening, which means the lifeguards will be available on the beaches. Um, it's incredibly hot here. We're in the middle of a, a mini heat wave, which has got another two or three days to run. Uh, and the temperatures are between 34 and 39 degrees, which is actually just too hot. I love the heat, but it's actually too hot. So I'm here in my air conditioning with my socks on. So, <laughs> but what can you can't see myself on um, because that's just how it is but other than that I've, I've actually been chilling and I've been compiling a list of the new courses that I'm going to be creating um, the next list of courses I put out a survey to all kinds of um, VA groups that I'm in and to my mailing list and I've had a number of responses and I now have a winner for the next course I'm going to be creating after I finish my Teams for Trainers course. And that's going to be a course on how to create fillable forms in Word. Um, oh, yes. That's really very useful. Great tips in that. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Something I used to teach as part of a very advanced word course many, many years ago when I used to do classroom-based training. It was a really super advanced topic. Um, and I'm really quite excited to, to put that online. So that's going to be great fun. But in the meantime, I think Sarah must be waiting for us. So I think we should let her in. Yes. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Um, it's a great thrill to have you here. Although I've not met you, I don't really know you. You're more Joe's contact, which is lovely because, you know, it's nice to have some Joe's contacts on the podcast too. And uh, I'm going to let Joe um, ask the questions in, in this episode mainly. But first, before we kick off into the questions we've got for you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what you do? Sure. Thank you, Shelley. And thank you, Joe, for having me. Um, so I'm Sarah Bussandri. I'm a content writer. So um, I help mainly uh, business owners and podcasters with blogging. That's the core thing of what I do. Um, I also write website copy and uh, focusing on uh, SEO um, copy for about your about page or your homepage. And I do work with podcasters on show notes and uh, repurposing um, podcast episodes into blog posts. Oh, that sounds exciting. Perhaps we'll have a chat later. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. So how did you um, start blogging? Where did that come from? Ah, it's, well, it's a long story, but let's, let's condense it down. I basically started in, in 2016 when I left my corporate job. Um, I decided I wanted to write, but I just didn't know how to go about it. So I started a blog and I had a lifestyle blog uh, for about 18 months before then I started writing for other people. And it was almost like people approached me to start writing for them rather than me saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a content writer, come and yeah. you know, um, I, I want to write for you. So it kind of worked. The, the, the blog was my kind of training ground. I learned as I was doing it and I learned what worked and what didn't. Um, but all, it was also a way to build my portfolio mm -hmm. so people could actually come and see my style of writing, what I was writing about. And so I had all these, I had over 150 blog posts for people to kind of have a look at and see. And, you know, that's how the business started, really. Wow. Um, that's, that's fantastic. What sort of things did you write about when you say a lifestyle blog? It was, I, yeah, it was, it started off with kind of parenting and mindfulness because at the time I was, I left my job, um, my corporate job with three kids at different, in different ages. So I think they were like one, four and seven. And so one was in school, one was in nursery, one was at home. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> this doesn't work. Being in London, 95 really doesn't work. Um, and so when I left work, I was actually quite frazzled and in a bit of a, of a state and with a broken leg because on top of everything else, I fell down the stairs after giving my notice at work. Um, and uh, yeah, I was out of action for three, three and a half months. I was on crutches. Um, and so that's when I started looking into, okay, what's this thing? How do I set up a blog? What do I do? What's WordPress? How, how do you go about this? Um, I had the time because I was stuck at home, much like now, um, and I couldn't walk. So, so yeah, that's how it all started. What, what would you say are the, the key benefits of having a blog for a business and particularly a VA business? Yeah. 
Um, so I think, you know, um, you, you, get, you get a lot specifically now, you know, in 2020, everyone's talking about video and, and there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, don't bother with a blog. Um, everyone should be on video. And it, it's true, you should have a, you know, if you can do video, you should by all means do that. Um, but having a blog is still very relevant. There's still reasons why you should. And there's also a lot of noise online. And for people like us who, and VAs who are service-based businesses, so we provide a service to your business and we are very much the service, right? We are the service provider. So when people buy your services, they buy into you really as a person. And so by blogging and having your content out there, um, you are showing people what kind of person you are, what kind of business owner you are, what kind of service provider you are, and also what you know, you know, what you specialize in, um, you know, that gives you a chance to show off your expertise. And so people come to you because you are the right person for them rather than, oh, well, you know, yes, there is a VA up there. You look at their website, it's very anonymous. There's no kind of content in there that allows you to say, oh, actually, I think I could get along with this person. Um, so having um, content on your blog already kind of does some of the selling for you. When people come to your website, even if they're recommended by someone else, they'll come and check your website. Um, and finding that content already allows them to kind of start making a decision as to whether you're the right person, you're the right expert for them. Because the last thing you want to do is just go to your VA and say, look, I've got this problem. I need, I need someone to help me with this. Oh, well, I don't do that. I don't know anything about it. So it's almost like, yeah. you know, you want to have the right person for the job. And having a blog allows you to show off your personality, your expertise, and show people that you are the right person for the job. But also, there's still SEO, obviously, reasons for this. You know, you, you can still, it's getting harder and harder to be found on Google just through written content, unfortunately. Um, video is always always at the top if you notice now when you do search you know the search results when you do the search the video is always right there at the top just after the ads yeah. and then it's the blog post um but the written content is still there and there's still reasons to um have written content rather than video or podcast which are very valid but google cannot kind of uh crawl through the content yeah, in your podcast yeah. or in your video. So all that all that Google knows is the tags and the descriptions and the titles, which is why these things are very important that you have to you have to choose them carefully, uh, because that's all Google can read and pick up in order to um, return your content into the search results. So written content, when you have a blog post of you know a thousand words or fifteen hundred words, that's full of keywords. That's full of words and phrases that Google can pick up to then rate your content, whereas in video, they can't do that. And what, what sort of size? You mentioned there about sort of a thousand words, 1500 words. Is that the ideal length for a blog? Some VAs might be put off with the thought that they would need to write that amount. And is there an option if we didn't want to write that much that we could combine video with written? Oh yeah, that, that's a very good idea. Uh, combining, adding video to your blog posts, it's a brilliant idea because it, um, it allows people to spend more time on the page and that sends uh, Google a signal that says, oh look, you know, people are getting on this page and they must find value from it. 
because they're spending lots of time on it. Meanwhile, you're watching a video, but Google doesn't quite know that. And then, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it helps you to rank. But um, yes, the, the other point you mentioned, I know a lot of people are put off. I, I do workshops and I do training. And when I say to people, longer content, guys, everyone's like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> um, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. But it, it is, unfortunately, the truth. There is a lot of content on the internet. And so 10 years ago, you could get away with 300 words and 500 words and probably be at the top. And now an article of 500 words will never, ever make the first page of Google because there's just people who are blogging continuously and adding, you know, there are other people who have blogged about that keyword um, and they have written more. And so Google will always try and uh, return the piece of content that is the best piece of content for that particular search. Um, that's what they want to do as part of their own mission and vision, right? Um, and so you kind of always have to aim to write the best piece of content. There's some research going around in the um, marketing space. Um, um, every year, um, someone's been tracking the amount, the average amount that it takes content creators and influencers to write a blog post. And the amount it takes is going up year on year. And at the end of 2019, it was nearly four hours. So the average amount it takes a content creator to, to write a blog post is now around four hours. Wow. Um, which means it, it's not 500 word articles that we are putting out there. Um, that's really it that is really really interesting that um i've always sort of thought that you you did do this morning so i'm really interested shelly you do quite a lot of blogging what what sort of size do you um write and does that sort of make you think you might have to change your strategy a little? Um, well my posts i've been blogging for a very long time very very long time so i first started in business in 20 well 2002 when I first set my first website was hand-coded website I don't know I always had a blog of some sort was a how-to articles more than a blog but effectively a blog yeah, yeah. Um, so I've had one forever um, I try and never to write less than 500 words that's kind of like the minimum and if I ask for a guest post I'll say 500 because if you ask for more it will put people off uh, as you say, and oh, no, 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 no. But guest posts do get traction. I have VAs who guest blog for me every so often. Uh, and any VAs who are listening, if you'd like to have a guest post on tomorrow's VA, do get in touch and let me know. Um, always welcome, because content helps us all, as I'm sure Sarah will will confirm. Um, but yeah, so I try in a minimum of 500, aim for a bit more. Uh, I do work with a copywriter who we've interviewed as well. Yeah, it helps out too because um, you're right. It takes a long time to craft a good article, and if writing is not what you're doing all day every day, it does take longer. Yeah. So I'm very good at writing how-to articles. I can, you know, churn them out, screenshots, do this, click that button. Yes, this is what you want to do. But if I want to write an opinion piece or or a controversial piece or whatever, it's going to take me a lot longer than that. Um, but I feel quite strongly that blogging has really helped my business. So it's a, yeah. it's a great topic. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not something that I would give up. Um, I would take off. I wouldn't take it off my website because it's how it's 
if you don't have money to spend on SEO and on optimization uh, and you have to do it yourself, I think it's the best way to do it. And when I first had the website, digressing a little bit in my how-to articles, I, was one of, I am still, I think, one of the very few trainers who teaches Microsoft Office, both on Windows and Mac. And I had some how-to articles about something or other in Word for Mac. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, and I got a client within about three weeks of that article going live. And the question wasn't was, can you help us deliver X, Y, Z? It was, when can you come and deliver X, Y, Z? Because she knew from my blog content, yeah. I could do it. Yeah, so that's I, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I'm sure that people check out your, as Sarah was saying, they do check out if, if you know, do you walk the walk? Do you talk, yeah. talk the walk? Whatever the saying is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Sarah, what do you do in terms of promoting um, and repurposing blog content? What recommendations could you give a VA who's using her time to create her blog? How can she maximize one blog piece of content? Yeah, so um, promotion is the bit where I fall down myself. <laughs> I, write, I write the content and I'm like, I should really push it out. Um, social media is obviously the, the obvious answer. Um, however, as I'm sure you guys know, but you know, social media platforms are not interested in sending traffic to our websites. They're interested in people, keeping people on their platform. So whenever we share a link in our post, um, the algorithm for whatever platform it might be always kind of pushes that post down a little bit. So it will show it to less people than it would if you just wrote a little bit of post and with an image for example it depends on the platform so like on linkedin for example you um you have you your content is shown to more people if you don't use images for example for some strange reason but if you generally speaking if you add the link the platform will kind of push your content down so what else can you do really um promoting through your newsletter if you have one if you send a newsletter to your clients it, it is obviously a, a good idea this is all yours you can do whatever you like inside your emails um if you have any list that is otherwise if you, you could potentially even um add it to the signature um you could you know if you have your email signature and you say my latest blog post and then you put a link there i think shelly does um no i don't have a link to the blog in there i have a link to the website the website yeah <laughs> but um, um, when i was speaking at an event then i'll put i'll change my signature before an event and have a link to to that uh, but definitely signatures and outlook are underused yeah yes yeah so every if you have a blog every two weeks every every week you just kind of change it and send it out um but going back to social media, I mean, I wouldn't say just because if you put a link to your blog post, it's, um, you know, you, you're kind of <laughs> killing your reach a little bit. But there are other ways that, that you can promote your content. And for me, it's through repurposing. So what you do instead of, so say, for example, you, are, you created a blog post on your five best uh, scheduling tools, for example, for clients. Um, you could just send a link, you know, have a Facebook post and say, oh, here's my latest post, have the link. Right. Or you could say every day you kind of create a campaign where from Monday to Friday you um, talk about 
each of the five tools. So on Monday, you say, this is my first tool and I recommend it because, so you kind of take some of the content from your blog post, but uh -huh. you embellish it, you kind of restructure it for the platform that you're on. So for example, on LinkedIn, I would start with something like a question that stops people from scro scrolling and kind of get their attention. Then you put the body of the text, this is what I want to talk to you about, essentially. And then at the end, you kind of add something that helps with engagement to try and get them to talk, you know, your audience to talk back to you, because obviously that encourages um, the algorithm to show your posts to more people. Um, and if you want, then you can put a link in the comments. In the first comment, for example, you say, if you want to find out more, I have a full blog post about this, and you put it in the first comments for each of the five blog po um, social media posts that you create for the week. So you almost create like a weekly campaign. So out of this long blog post that you have, you have five social media oh, posts. Now that's interesting. I hadn't thought of doing it like that. And me, I would just write the blog and go and put it into LinkedIn or Facebook and say, here's my blog. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the other way is also to share it as part of your newsletter, which I know, Shelley, you you put links into your, your blog from there as well to sort of different areas of your audience that way, don't you? Yeah, I have a, a weekly campaign, an active campaign, which, which shares my RSS feed. <clears throat> so on a Monday, if you're on my list, uh, you'll get an email from me on a mon every Monday with, with links to whatever blog posts have been published the previous week. So I blog every week, every Thursday there's a new blog. So on a Monday you get a blog post from Thursday. Uh, and at the moment, because the podcast is a web page, which is a yeah. post type, when you get the next um, newsletter on a Monday, you're getting links to two blog posts from the previous week. So you've got the, the, the episode that goes live on Monday plus the Thursday one. Uh, I did a 30-day blogging challenge um, so when people were getting the Monday blog then, they were getting links to the previous week's seven days worth of blog posts. Um, most of the time it doesn't annoy people. Every so often people say, I don't want this anymore. Fine, if they don't want it anymore, because they're not my client anyway. Uh, I've, I've learned to deal with unsubs, unsubscribes. Uh, I don't take them personally anymore. But don't unsubscribe if you do subscribe. <laughs> Thinking of, of, of weekly, some of the VAs will listen to Shelley talking about weekly blogs and think, oh, how do I do that? You know, um, especially if they, they're thinking, I can't afford to take on a copywriter. What sort of timeline would you suggest? How often would you say is ideal for no. a I was also in kind of oh Shelley going a weekly for, for such a long time. It is it's quite amazing. Um, it is it is really good, and I know a lot of people get scared by when I say weekly. It's impossible. Um, so really, the answer it, it depends on. So if you have zero content uh, because you've just started or because you've never created any content, you need to kind of start building up a bit of a library. Um, by that, you know when you have like you know, 10 to 20 articles, at least you've got something going. Um, but in order to build that, you know, how long is it going to take you? Of course, it's going to take you a few months, probably. But if you could kind of have it in the back of your mind as a kind of a short term tactical project, you know, I'm going to do this until I get to, I don't know, 15 articles, and then I'll be blogging every week or every two weeks for the first X, X months to get me this library. And then I can build on that. I can kind of slow down. 
So that could be an idea. You know, you kind of go into it with a view of, okay, I'll blog heavily for three months, four months. And these challenges like that are brilliant ideas to do that. If you can join a challenge, I'm doing a 90 day challenge and I'm, I'm now on the second one so that I keep going basically. Um, but if you can do like sprints like that, it kind of helps you stay motivated and accountable and say, okay, I'm doing it for a short period of time and therefore I'll get to do it. Um, but yeah, weekly is difficult. Um, if you could once every two weeks, it would be great. Um, once a month as a minimum, I would say, but mm. the reality is the more you blog, the, the more results you're going to get. Um, Google again, you know, they, um, they will return on the search results. They will return websites that are updated often. So if your website has been static for the last year, it will never be pulled up, even if you have keywords that people are searching for, but they don't get pulled up because nothing is recent. So Google likes recent content and stuff that gets changed changed on a frequent basis. So the more you blog, the better in that sense. Um, but yeah, as a minimum, I would say um, once a month or twice a month would be better once a <laughs> I know from I, I, I did a, a workshop with Sarah oh some time ago now and um, I know that one of the techniques you recommend is batching isn't it yeah. where you you sit for a morning um, once a month and you write your content uh, and your blogs or, or one day or however that runs for you and that's a technique that um, I've taken away um, and I do make some effort, but <laughs> I think I think uh, the the phrase could do better, must do better. <laughs> yes, I I do that. I I have a plan. Um, I try and have a content plan for and theme it. Um, so I might have a month where I'm writing about Outlook and a month where I'm writing about Word or whatever I choose. Uh, and I will list all the things that I want to write about, and then I'll try and block out a morning. Um, to bash out half a dozen articles and the beauty of something like WordPress is once you've written it and you've scheduled it and it's kind of done and yeah. you then don't have it hanging over you so if I had to write every week I don't think I would manage it so yes I'm working with a copywriter at the moment but it doesn't write all my content I still do write content and um, it just takes the pressure off when I don't have the time to, to write yeah, content. So that for that, I find it really helpful, but I can't always work with Gary. So it doesn't, it doesn't always work. So I, I will batch, um, I will batch um, a Monday or a Sunday or whenever uh, and try and get half a dozen pieces written and scheduled. That's um, impressive. That's, that's, it is. that's it is. what I do. But I mean, you could take Sarah's idea of your repurposing there um, if you're writing about your top five scheduling tips, so you've got one blog article, which is your top five tips. You've then got five longer articles where you review each of those yes. tools yep. in depth, um, which also showcases that you know what you're talking about. Yep. So in one morning, you could write six articles, your original plus your five individual ones. Yeah. And you, you could do that. So it's, it's, it's about learning to think that way, I think. It's taken me years. 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 It doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> no, it's, it's still impressive because, I mean, I, I write kind of longer form content, so 1,500 words plus. 
Yeah. But there is no way I could write this no. article no. <laughs> in the morning. No. Um, but yes, when you sit down and plan it, I, I can send you the, I've got five articles on how to batch the, the content. So I can send you the link to the first one and then you kind of, Oh, that would be good. We can put it on the we can put it on the page as a resource, and we could anybody that's listening can then can then follow that link. So that would be yeah. good. That would that, be would, that would be that would be really really helpful. We can share that with the VA audience. So um, that'd be great if you could email us that. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. apart from that, what other things do you think VAs should be blogging about? Um, so when I um, when I when I teach my workshops, I always say we should all find as business owners um, kind of the sweet spot between um, content that works for SEO, content that works for your audience, and content that works for your business. Um, so we need to be writing content that kind of our audience wants to read, so they're interested in, they want to know about, um, and obviously that kind of merges well with the with the SEO conversation because obviously people are searching for something it means they're interested in it they want to hear about it so um, you know for example let's say you wanted to write a piece on um, you know how to use MailChimp which is huge and very generic um, but you could then go on Google and say if you literally type in how to use MailChimp it, you then go in the section that says people also search for um, and there's other suggested questions that real people have actually typed in and then you might see that people have actually searched for how to use MailChimp with WordPress or how to use MailChimp to send out a weekly newsletter and so you can take that and go okay this is what I'm actually blogging about and then you have all these topics that you can then create that are still related to MailChimp but as you were saying earlier you kind of think in that way of branching it out into a lot of different topics. So just going on to Google and see, seeing what people are actually searching for is a very easy way for you to kind of narrow down your ideas and blog more strategically about what people will be searching for. And then similarly, like when you have, you know, I know as a content writer, I'm sure VAs do the same, have lots of um, discovery calls with people, with prospective clients. Um, during this course, people generally ask you questions, you know, how does it work? What do you do? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and so write down these questions because if one person is asking you that question, another person will ask you this question, you know, and if you can create block content about this, you could potentially say to someone, well, look, we've got this um, discovery call scheduled for next week. Um, let me point you to this article about blah, that is related to my business. And then if you have any questions about that, you can talk to me during, you know, I can talk about it during the call. And so when you do have your call, this person is already in a different frame of mind because they already know how you work. They already know um, how your business work and how it works with you specifically. And they potentially ask you less questions. Your call is shorter and, you know, the, the outcome is positive from kind of the word go in a way because they already know all these things. And you're kind of reassuring them already, showing them you're professional by having thought about this in advance, mm -hmm. but also cutting down your time. So, you know, it works for SEO because it's stuff that people are searching for. It yep. works because they're real questions that people are asking. And it works because it works for you as a business. You know, I have, I have a blog post called, um, I think, how to create an editor login 
because when people when I uh, work for people on WordPress, I often will upload the the blog posts onto uh, onto WordPress and do all the the tagging and the categories and the data, the SEO, which saves them time. And then, but for, in order to do that, I need an editor login. And when I say that, people just zone out and go, "What <laughs> now?" So I'm like, have, have my blog post. This day, so it'd be hard to do it. And so it's kind of already done, and it saves them time, saves me time. I had to write it once, and I don't. And I've sent it out to so many clients because every time I have a new client, I just push out my blog post, and that's it. So in that sense, the blog post works for my business as well because I'm not pointing people generally to just Google, just go and go and look it up. You yeah. know, I'm giving them actual the the tools um, to do what they need to do. So it kind of meets all the, you know, all the objectives in a way. Um, but what I do see is that people struggle to find, you know, a lot of the obstacles people don't start because I don't know what to blog about. I don't know what people want to hear about. Yeah. And so, you know, the obvious answer is ask them, but even, even then, you know, you don't have to go out and ask people, not necessarily, but you have lots of this information in your email inbox or, you know, on your notes when you take a discovery call or when you have, you start working with the clients, people ask you questions all the time. We don't realize it, but they do. Um, and so like even in your email conversations, I have a lot of, especially with new clients, I'll have a lot of back and forth. So how does this work? Um, what will you send me then and what will happen then? And so all these questions really that you have inside your inbox, you can then expand on them and say, okay, here's the blog post is everything you need to know about this service of mine that I offer and have a read. And then you can ask me questions almost by exception in a way. So you kind of serving instead of a one-to-one, you serving one-to-many um, and you're saving yourself time whilst going back to what we were saying at the beginning, you're still showing off your expertise and your, your experience really. So it works. That is brilliant. There's so much, so much advice there for VAs, Shelley. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. I just got one last question for you is, um, is, is how do you promote that content? We, we talked about it a little bit. Are there any tools or anything that you recommend to use apart from doing your own posting to social media? Uh, well, I, I, I do that as a service, so really, <laughs> I don't use tools. Um, but you guys, you know, I, I do that as a service, especially, so I started repurposing from uh, podcasts into blog posts, and now I'm also doing from blog posts to LinkedIn, but I actually produce the, blog, the, the um, LinkedIn posts myself. Right. Um, as in, I go specifically and craft them in a in a in a way to kind of try and get more engagement from. Yeah. So from when you that. say you 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 repurpose the podcast into a blog post or a blog post to something else, yeah. do, does that mean that you um, you sit there and you listen to the whole thing and then you write a blog post about it, or do you get the so gist? It, no, I start from the transcript. Um, so I take uh, the podcast will send me the transcript. And then, which is sometimes in the region of 8,000 words. <laughs> and then I cut it down, but also structure it around a blog post. So adding subtitles and, you know, um, yeah. it it's, a, it's a long process. It takes four to five hours for me to do that. It's, it's actually quicker for me to write a blog post from scratch than to repurpose. 
a blog post, blog post from a transcript. Um, but it is, um, it becomes almost like a different piece of content. I know you guys know of tools. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. guys, you guys are the guys who know the tools. <laughs> yeah, I use a tool called Missing Letter, uh, which we were just talking about before, Joe, yeah. if I knew about it. And I've been using, using it for four or five years now, possibly a bit longer. Um, but I, I bought it when it first came out and it repurposes my blog posts. It, it, uh, it, you link it to your website and you can then, <clears throat> every time a new blog post is created, it creates a campaign, which is nine pieces of content, which it then drips out over the course of a year with different images and different bits of, it pulls what it thinks are the bits, good bits of text Obviously, it's all AI, um, and sometimes what it pulls out, you think, no, 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 no. But you can you can change it around. You can type your own text in if you want, and and then you just hit the schedule button, and you don't have to think about it. And that's nine pieces of content. So if you're creating a blog post every week, every two weeks, eventually you've got a lot of content going out because it's multiplied. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I use, apart from the usual scheduling to all the different places that you would do manually um, and using other tools. I use some other tools, but, but that's my main one from the blog and I'm really happy with it. And you can repeat campaigns, I suspect. So like yeah. something from six months ago, your clients might have not seen it. So yeah. you start, just go back into your archive and renew that campaign. So, um, and you can stop a campaign. So if you've got a blog post that's really only topical for the next three months, for example, you can set an end date on that uh, campaign as well. So I've, I've found it uh, really useful. And the guy that runs it's a lovely guy and it's a UK based company, which is always nice because a lot of these tools are often American companies. So it's nice to have a UK based one. So, so that's what I use. But um, I've been, been doing this for a long time. So I've been finding ways to make it easier all the time because <laughs> it is, you're right, it's totally time consuming and you could spend all day just doing that. Yes. Um, totally get that. And uh, yeah, transcripts, I'm battling with transcripts at the moment. But hey-ho. <laughs> there are, again, I've got a blog post on that, but there are some good apps that uh, yeah. some of them do it for free. So yeah, they're, 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 yeah but the quality of what they pick up is always great. Yeah. So I've been using, I use Rogue.com for my captions, for my training videos. The captions are reasonably accurate because it's only my voice and it, I, I, they kind of learn your voice, I think, even though it's done by humans. So I use the, I pay for that and it's done by humans. The free one, I, I find very um, inaccurate yeah. and it takes me longer to correct it than if I was to sit, listen to it and type it myself. So uh, I have to work that out what I'm going to yeah. do next for this. <laughs> so uh, at the moment, we're not providing a full transcript. We just do show notes and the highlights. And that's time-consuming enough so, for me at the moment So uh, with everything else. But it's been, a, it's been a super pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank really you. Lovely. And I think for the VAs, for our listeners, there's a huge amount of content in there to go away and, and action. And uh, I think, you know, blogging is such a huge topic. Um, there's so many things to talk about. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting that subject in a later episode of the podcast. And we might ask you back. That'd be lovely. That'd be great. Now, thank you for having me, ladies. Oh, You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. 
What a fabulous interview with Sarah Busandri there, Joe. I'm so glad you introduced us. Um, she's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Real ray of sunshine. It was just good fun. Good fun. And so much content. What were your top takeaways from, from what she said? What were your top learning points? Well, I have to say, I, I've known Sarah a very long time. Um, and I've heard her speak a number of times. Um, and the key thing that I've learned from Sarah is the batching. Um, it, it's very productive way of working. Uh, and if we link that into, you know, the, the previous conversation we had with Kathy about batching, you get into a zone where, you know, you talked a little bit in there about if you start your article with five top tips and then each one of those tips can be expanded. If you're writing all of those at the same time, then you're in that zone and you're in that mode, A, to write and B, to be focused on that particular topic and the various branches that you can use. That's a very good technique. Yeah, it's, it's about being productive as well. And a lot of the problems um, I certainly, I find, I'm sure everybody, a lot of people find with writing is that sitting there and staring at that blank piece of paper and wondering what on earth to write. So if you've managed to have a plan of some sort, whether that's a theme or, uh, or you found some questions or top five tools or whatever it might be, um, it does help you get into that zone and, and yeah. write more prolifically. Um, and on the topic of writing, I wanted to talk about our tool of the week. Tool of the week this week, sorry, my brain's gone there. Tool of the week. I want to talk to you, Joe, about the blog post template in Microsoft Word. Uh -huh. A lot of people don't know that this exists. Um, it's one of the pre-built templates that comes with Word. And when you load it up, you go to File New and you'll find it in the list of templates. It's called blog post, so you can't miss it. And you click create. You'll see that it doesn't look like a regular document. It looks like what documents used to look like years ago in normal view, what used to be called normal view, not page layout view. So you don't get, you don't see the formatting, you don't see the page breaks or any of that. It's just white piece of paper. And it has its own special ribbon. And the best part about it is that you can connect it directly to your blog. So I connect mine to my WordPress blog. Um, there is a specific way that you need to connect it. You create the connection. You have to put in the address of the blog in a very specific format, your username and password. You pick where your images go because it will also upload any images in your post. Uh, and then you connect. And so long as it connects, when you then write a blog post, you've got words formatting at your fingertips. So you've got all your colors, all your branding, all your wow. styles, it's all there for you. And you can add in your images, you've got your picture image Im editing. So for example, when I write a blog post on WordPress, if I want a picture that I've got to have a border, I have to have done that before I upload it. So I have to edit that picture in some way to give it a border, whether that's in PowerPoint or Word or whatever, and then screenshot it or save it as an image or however I do that. Whereas this way, because I'm adding the image inside Word, I can just apply normal picture formatting to it and that gets carried up to the blog. So once I'm ready to publish that blog, there's a publish button where I can choose to publish, publish, 
or publisher's draft. I always publish as draft because I never trust things. Uh, I want to check it. And then, of course, you've got to do all your SEO and your tags and categories yep. anyway. So for me, it's a huge time saver because if I don't do it in the blog post template and I type it up in Word, I've then got to type it up. Then I've got to copy and paste it and upload the images and do all of that separately. Um, so this just, for me, takes a lot of the... Uh, leg work or screen work out of it. So uh, I want to show that to you um, after we finish this call, Joe. I'm going to show you around and see if it can save you some time as well. That sounds brilliant. Um, it, it's on my uh, content plan to start blogging. So anything that could uh, improve that and make it uh, more time effective is great in my book. Yeah, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to love it. Anyway, listeners, thank you very much for listening to us today. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. Contact us. You can email me, Shelley at tomorrowsva.com or joe at jlbsolutions.co.uk. All our contact details are on the web page. And we'd love to hear from you. Go to at Virtually Amazing on Facebook, it's at Virtually Amazing, and you'll find the Virtually Amazing Facebook page where we'd love to hear your comments. Let us know what you like about each episode and what you'd like to hear more of. And if you'd like to be a guest, get in touch too. Until next week. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.